If you're looking to maintain peak brain health, I'd like to introduce you to a cutting-edge new brain support formula from my friends at Thorne, Cinequel. If you're recovering from a head injury or play contact sports, you should pay special attention. Cinequel is formulated with the best research nutrients that support healthy brain structure and cognitive function. Cinequel's active ingredients help maintain cellular energy production, encourage a healthy balance of inflammatory cytokines, provide energy to fuel the nerves, support neurotransmitter production, and help protect against oxidative stress. It's available in two strengths, Cinequel for everyday maintenance and Cinequel Plus, which provides higher amounts of certain nutrients for shorter-term post-impact support. For more information and to purchase Cinequel, just go to drhoffman.com slash thorn. There, you'll also find some of my other favorite thorn products. That's drhoffman.com slash thorn for the essential nutritional brain support formula, Cinequel. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, something that I look forward to very much every week because uh, it's an opportunity to have a colloquy with my good colleague, Layla Mutin, who's our nutritionist in residence. We work together in helping patients at our practice here in Manhattan. And uh, Layla has her own podcast. Uh, we share a weekly podcast called Q&A with Layla. You can... Email your questions to radioprogram at AOL.com. And we got a lot of questions in the mailbag. How are you doing, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman. Colloquy with a colleague. That's nice. Right. (laughs) Uh, For the eponymous Q&A with Layla. (laughs) I was waiting for that. I was waiting for eponymous. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and hopefully I am not uh, malapropping away, but uh, (laughs) I think it's... Use, it's useful invocation of yeah. that uh, rather 50-buck word. So, uh, And how are you doing? We used to call them the 50-cent words. Now we call them 50-buck words. It's been some inflation. Uh, yeah, I'm doing wow. great. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I'm loving October weather because yes. uh, it's really nice to get out there and take a nice long run, and it's cooler and uh, you know, it's always the time of year where I get a little bit of a surge in energy because, you know, after slogging through the hot weather and, uh, you know, sweating, 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 uh, it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you run and you cycle outside, you don't have to expend half of your energy, you know, with an air conditioner on, you know, your own body's internal air right. conditioner expends a lot of energy. So, um, enjoying it. Um, oh, yeah. It's, I love sweaters and boots weather. I love the fall. Yeah, it's great. Yep. So, uh, all right. Be, before we get to questions, by the way, radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. If you have a question about uh, something that affects you personally, uh, if it's not too detailed, you know, try and focus, focus, focus. Because if you have a very, very complex medical dilemma, yeah, maybe that's something that uh, may require a medical consult and not just a quick answer via podcast. Uh, or alternatively, if you've got an opinion or perspective that you want to share, radio program, you want to just vent radio program at AOL.com, uh, as some of our listeners are doing these days. Lots to vent about. Uh, but uh, speaking of venting, there's mm. an article 
Uh, they just came out October 1st, 2021. What doctors wish patients knew about vitamins and supplements. It's an informative article that comes to you from the American Medical Association, America's most trusted authority on medical matters. What say you? Huh. You've got to be kidding. <laughs> You've got to be kidding. The American Medical Association? Yeah. They're hardly qualified. I mean, it, even if doctors in training aren't spending more than, what, a day, maybe several days on their nutrition class, if yeah. there is a nutrition class or any kind of nutrition education at all, no. Okay. I would not be taking my advice from the American Medical Association. So about here's, the, here's the tack they're taking. While supplements and nutritional or dietary supplements can be beneficial to your health, they can also invoke health risks. Notably, the Food and Drug Administration does not have the authority to review dietary supplement products for safety and effectiveness before they are marketed. And parenthetically, I would say for good reason, because for the vast majority of the supplements, they are safe. And they're not like drugs, which, you know, require hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, I'm sorry, hundreds of millions of dollars of yes. uh, research and development <laughs> and approval and, uh, you know, uh, controlled trials before they go to market. And they still end up killing people. <laughs> so, yes. no. so, so over 200,000 a year. So I see where they're going with this. Yeah. Uh, and with more than 90,000 different supplements on the market, it can be confusing to understand what is safe and what is not. So they're going to tell us what is safe and what is not. In a short article from the American Medical Association, uh, one of the experts that they consulted is Peter Cohen, uh, who's never met a vitamin that he likes. Uh, he's a professor <laughs> of medicine at Harvard Medical School, kind of notorious for coming down on supplements. Another one I haven't heard of, she's uh, Fatima Cody Stanford, an MD, and an obesity medicine uh, at uh, Mass General Hospital. So these guys are, you know, in the belly of the beast at Harvard. Uh, yes. And what they say here is that um, blah, 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 blah. While supplements are not permitted to be sold as if they prevent or treat disease, with a tweak of the language, these companies could easily make claims like, quote, immune booster or, quote, maintain a healthy immune system. Those claims are 100% legal and can imply to consumers that the supplement can protect them from COVID-19. But that is not the case, Dr. Cohen explained. Okay, nobody's saying that um, uh, that uh, supplements are a substitute for uh, proper medical care, you know, social distancing, even the vaccine. Uh, but they're part of an all of the above approach because they have documented benefits in terms of supporting the immune system. So no worries. Uh, but and they, they keep on hammering away to supplements. Um, they said they're really lobbying for the FDA to exert more control on supplements. Yes. Uh, they say there are certain medical conditions and disorders where supplementation is required. Uh, but uh, for the vast majority of people, uh, a healthy balanced diet can uh, provide all the vitamins and minerals that you need. What say you? That is not true. That is patently incorrect. We've lost more of our micronutrients in our soil due to degenerative farming over the past 150, 200 years. So if our soil is depleted of its nutrition, it's not conferring anything to plants except maybe toxic fertilizer and things like that. But we are no longer getting the nutrition we used to 200, 300 years ago from our farming practices, we're not. The soil has been depleted. We need to concentrate more on regenerative agriculture for the soil 
for the earth to be able to heal and to get our nutrition back. So no, I don't care how many fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lead meat, all of that stuff. We're not getting the nutrition there as much as we once used to. So I think a great insurance policy is to always be taking at the very least a multivitamin or be checked for deficiencies. And we have people who eat healthfully and we still find deficiencies, don't we? Well, there's testimony. There's our testimony. There's no nod to what's called, you know, personalized nutrition, which is to look at people's underlying medical conditions, their genetic susceptibilities, uh, their uh, food preferences, because some people are on kind of weird diets sometimes, uh, and to tailor nutritional supplementation to their needs. Uh, what they, they're, they're mostly uh, focusing on the risks, the risks, lots of risks associated with supplements. Um, one of the doctors says, so it's not only that we're worried about the ingredients that are legal and permitted in supplements or historically used in supplements for many years, but there are many of these ingredients. These are individual compounds found in botanicals or other substances that can pose health risks. Well, it, it's true that, I mean, I think indiscriminate supplement use, unguided, especially people with certain you know, serious medical conditions or taking multiple medications, there can be interactions. There can be, you know, potential downsides to taking supplements willy-nilly. Yeah, we know that. Yes. And we acknowledge that. But um, Mm -hmm. the AMA in this article to the public uh, has nothing novel or good to say about supplements, predictably. It's It's their usual MO. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, and for the record, uh, the AMA, uh, I think their membership is down to very low double digits among doctors because even doctors feel that the AMA is not working in their interest. And, uh, the, you know, you think that the AMA makes its money by uh, for membership, you know, membership is like five, six hundred dollars a year or something like that. And you get, you know, certain benefits accrue to you as a doctor, you, know, you get, I don't know, discounts on rental cars or things like that yeah <laughs> or on, on malpractice insurance. insurance yeah, yeah. etc you know. but um the way that they make money is by uh, creating more and more elaborate codes uh, that uh, doctors and hospitals and medical practices have to buy at great expense so that they can code for insurance that's their money making uh, arm and uh you know increasingly they come out with uh, edicts that really tick off the vast majority of doctors because yeah. uh, over the last uh, 50 years or so, uh, the autonomy uh, of doctors has been vastly eroded uh, mm-hmm. by the government and by the legal profession uh, and by the fact that uh, increasingly it's hospital administrators and bureaucrats who are running medicine and not physicians. It's not physician and, and the people who make very, very expensive and elaborate and unwieldy software. And AMA has been fully, fully colluding with, uh, with those, the, the, those forces. Yeah. I find it very uh, concerning to see doctors losing more and more of their power or uh, the, the, the breadth, the space uh, to do their critical thinking and their assessments and their diagnoses when they're being hit left and right with guidelines. Right. Guidelines. And there's, guidelines. Even, there's even the prediction that, you know, in the next, you know, 50 years or so, uh, doctors will be replaced by uh, AI, artificial intelligence. Because if, you know, yeah. if you feed in <clears throat> enough, uh, you know, algorithms uh, into the system, that uh, the decision making can really be made via machine learning, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. that, 
enough of that. All right. So let's take transhumanism. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Transhumanism for doctors. Uh, you know, right. uh, meet your robot. You know, like it's like here, you know, you, you, you'll be treated by robots. Okay. Um, Speaking of robots, yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine uh, was in the ER recently. She had had a bad fall. Yeah. Uh, this was out on Long Island. Mm -hmm. And she was in the ER. They stitched her up. She was fine. But she had a robot watching over her lest she try to get out of bed mm -hmm. because she was a fall risk. Wow. And anytime she tried to sit up in bed to get up because at some point she needed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> the robot you know, would push her the down. The robot started to beep and alarm and please stay still, stay still. Wow. Something like that. It was a robot. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Well, pretty soon the robot <laughs> will be uh, replacing, you know, all those healthcare workers who refuse the vaccines. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a solution to the to the problem. All right. Um, let's get to questions. Yes. Oh, we've got from Jay. I am a recovered alcoholic. I'm 64 years old. I'm in pretty good shape now. I taken the Harvoni treatment for hepatitis C about five or six years ago. Fulfilled all the doctor's requirements and the test show the virus is gone. Everything is good. Got tested, blood tests, all of that is good. I thought my tiredness would disappear. I realize I'm 64, but thought that all the fatigue was caused by bad liver function. I'm now getting pains in my liver, which, by the way, the doctors laugh at me and poo-poo me, telling, telling me that you cannot, quote, feel your liver. Well, hold, hold on They've right there. telling me this for years. Hold on right there. Uh, liver pain is a very well-known phenomenon and it occurs yeah. when the liver stretches or when something is occurring within the liver now very often uh unbeknownst to you you could have uh a deterioration of your liver uh or you could even progress to cirrhosis silently without pain uh but yeah. uh or you could have a god forbid uh you know a liver tumor and it it won't hurt until it gets very large and causes some stretching of the liver. But liver yeah. pain is a real thing. But it's the thing about pain in the liver is that unlike the body, you know, so if you, um, you know, touch a hot pan, you know, with your forefinger, you'll get an immediate signal that it's your forefinger because it's important. Yes. It's important to know that that part of your body is the part to withdraw from the hot pan. But the body was not wired so that you can go to your doctor and say, uh, I'm experiencing a, a lot of pain in my spleen or, you know, so that the doctor can examine your spleen. Uh, it mm -hmm. just you get generalized visceral pain that's nonspecific, which tells you slow down. You move too fast. Take a rest. Uh, you know, something is in distress. Stop eating. Uh, you see, you get, you know, so you can get referred pain. So pain is you, you don't when it's on the right you know there's a lot of things there there's your gallbladder there's the bottom of your lung uh there's mm -hmm. uh, you know potentially radiation from your stomach which is mostly on the on the left side uh yeah. and then there's your liver it's it's all it, but you don't know so uh something's going on it could be even uh, like from his uh what's called uh, the the um uh you know the the, the part of your large intestine that curves mm -hmm. 
uh, yes, downward. from the uh, ascending to the transverse colon. Right, right, the transverse right? colon, yeah. yeah, on the on the right side. So you don't know. <clears throat> but um, he, it's, it's quite possible that the guy has some residual discomfort in his liver, even after successful treatment of hepatitis C, because of, you know, his al- previous alcoholism and because of his... Um, you know, inflammatory liver disease. But he says his numbers yeah. are okay and everything is normal and the imaging yes. is normal. So that's why the doctors discounted. They said, well, everything's normal, but he still could have pain. Um, he still could have pain. And apparently he took Tylenol for a few days Oh, and it made it worse. Oh, that's a that's a real tell because... That's a tell, right? Tylenol. Can, tylenol is hard on the liver. Tylenol is hard on the liver. Yeah. And, you know, can counteract I mean, this is what by, happens when people... Who are unable to take NSAIDs like aspirin, yeah. ibuprofen, naproxen. Uh, they have to take something like Tylenol, acetaminophen, because it's not an NSAID. And Jay had an ulcer, so he took Tylenol yeah. instead of an NSAID. Right. Uh, which is counteracted by uh, N-acetylcysteine, by the way. Uh, yeah. So um, I have a new. Jay's wondering, should he get a biopsy? Well, you know, I don't know that. I don't know how he, 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 it would be interesting to get a biopsy. Uh, I'd but how prefer about to get an ultrasound first? Yeah, there's a test called a FibroSure, you know, definitely an ultrasound. FibroSure is a type of ultrasound that's more precise that can tell you if you're experiencing liver fibrosis, if something is not quite destroying your liver, but creating some fibrotic tissue within your liver. That's the FibroSure yes. test. Um, you know, short of a biopsy, because biopsy a little nasty. And besides, you know, the doctors who were laughing at him, they're not going to authorize it. And it's expensive. You can't just say, well, I'll pay out of pocket for it. Okay, well, you know, if you got 1500 bucks uh, lying around, you may want to, you know, see Ouch. if you... Uh, I don't know. But they wouldn't do it anyway, because it, they just don't do stuff uh, that they mm-hmm. don't think is merited. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you can go to a vet- veterinarian or something and get, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh <laughs> So, so uh, I have a nutrient yeah. for this guy. The guy's fatigued, right? And yes. So, what is the is there are several nutrients that are really depleted in alcoholism, but the B vitamin, like magnesium, for sure. Okay, uh, but the yes. B vitamin par excellence that's depleted in alcoholism. There's a condition called uh, Wernicke's encephalopathy, which is something that we saw yeah. a lot in uh, you know because I worked at Bellevue. And they'd roll in these guys from the Bowery or, you know, real, real hardcore alcoholics. And they were on very poor diets. They weren't taking yeah. any vitamins. And they were drinking a lot. And alcohol depletes vitamin B1 or thiamine. And yes. uh, good product placement for one of our sponsors, uh, makers of Zobria, which is a very bioavailable form of vitamin B1 uh, mm-hmm. that is really helpful for repleting uh, thiamine levels and and that's um, and that and that's something that he might try for his fatigue terrific idea terrific idea so yeah thiamine deficiency appears to be more um, more prevalent lately well we're finding out yeah, I mean, there are like people who have uh, malabsorption, by, you know, they have uh, mm-hmm. gastrointestinal bypass surgery, uh, and, you know, they drink too much. And mm-hmm. so, so that could be a problem. So yeah. I just, uh, I'm going to mention the, the, uh, the link here, uh, Zobria.com. 
And if you use the coupon code Hoffman at checkout, you get 20% off. So there's a special offer to our uh, intelligent medicine, medicine listeners. Yay. That's great. Z-O-B-R-I-A. Right. Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> even though this sounds like uh, a commercial, uh, there's a good point at which to pause and allow one of our sponsors to share this vital message with you. Here goes. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Healthy Aging, providing you with the unique energy support of pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years with a 45-day money-back guarantee of nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Okay, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to Layla with uh, more of our weekly Q&A with Layla. What's our next question? We've got uh, a question from Sue. I'm on blood thinners and have a peptic ulcer. Okay. Consequently, I cannot take anything that might cause bleeding. Can I safely take turmeric, fish oil, and collagen? Uh, and the answer is probably yes, uh, yes. because those things have been, only have a very minor blood thinning effect. Uh, yes. So uh, Now, there is such thing as too much fish oil yeah, while can, you're on blood thinners. Can can happen. And there's some people who are genetically susceptible to the effects of fish oil. Uh, it's They have a relatively rare blood condition called uh, 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 von Willebrand syndrome, which is a deficiency of a certain factor in the blood that promotes blood clotting. And so already they have the tendency to, to bleed, not quite as bad as hemophiliacs, but um, ah. they, they, they're they very sensitive to fish oil, but it's a rare condition. seems to be most, more common in Ashkenazic Jews for some reason, Eastern mm -hmm. European Jews. So, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, one capsule of fish oil twice daily can be tolerated. Uh, yeah. They're usually early signs of excessive blood thinning, like, you know, real susceptibility to bleeding, uh, you know, bruising. You brush your teeth and your gums bleed excessively. Uh, you blow mm -hmm. your nose and you get a bloody nose uh, or spontaneously mm -hmm. you get a bloody nose. Uh, you know, injuries where, you know, if you just minor, you know, twist your ankle and it gets all swollen up and black and blue. You know, those are yeah. signs that maybe you're excessively anticoagulated. Uh, for the blood thinners, that there, what's the reason she's taking a blood thinner? She's not taking Coumadin, right? No, uh, she doesn't say which blood thinners, but she's okay. taking them and she has a peptic ulcer. Okay. So uh, certain blood thinners, mm -hmm. you can actually measure the protime, but some of the newer blood thinners like uh, Pradaxa, things like that, you, the, the blood tests are not helpful for revealing. Eloquist is another things. one, right? Besides yeah. Pradaxa. Yeah. yeah. But, Sue, so you could take turmeric. Mm -hmm. You could take your regular dose of turmeric, collagen. Those should be fine. Right. And I would Those take the turmeric, uh, you know, 
with the potential for a little stomach irritation, I would take it with food, preferably. And in most of the supplements, if you already have a peptic ulcer, I would be careful about uh, taking a lot of supplements on an empty stomach. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Taking them with food, with food directly after a meal, or at least three quarters of the way through your meal, take them then, because your stomach is coated. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, finish your meal. That would be the way to do it. Sue, thank you for that question. Okay. Oh, here's one from Linda. Linda's wondering if she has permanent nerve damage. Hi, Dr. Hoppen and Layla. I've always been a difficult stick when it comes to getting my blood drawn. Most recently, the third technician, it usually takes a couple of tries per person, hit a nerve and I've never had that happen before. They were unsuccessful in drawing blood and I did not return. I continue to have a tingling that radiates down my arm and through several of my fingers, especially when I extend my hand and rotate my wrist. Mm-hmm. Is there a possibility of permanent nerve damage? Any interventions you believe would be helpful in repairing the nerve? Also, any tips in the future for a su- successful blood draw? Linda, let me just start with the last question, please. Always drink a big, big glass of water when you know you're going for a blood draw. Another thing you may do is put a warm compress on your forearm so that your veins will kind of come to the surface and make for an easier stick. Those are the two things I can think of for a more successful blood draw. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Doc? I, I think that's great. And I, I might add that, uh, you know, if you, to the extent you can uh, exercise uh, your upper extremities, uh, you'll enhance the, the size and caliber of your veins. Uh, yes. I mean, and if only to, to look surface. at like, uh, you know, people who are real bodybuilders, their veins are really popping out because of the increased blood demand. Uh, yeah. So, so that can make a difference, but it takes time. It's not like, oh, you know, I got a blood draw in a week. Let me, you know, start you know, working out with my dumbbells. Uh, that's not going to work. But over time, you know, if you do it in a sustained fashion, you'll maintain your veins. Um, yeah. So will this heal? The answer is probably it's going to get better. Uh, usually these injuries are not permanent. I mean, there may be some residual discomfort. Uh, I might point out that uh, there's this new thing. It's not really a new thing. It's been around for a long time, but it's... Um, getting more attention due to the widespread uh, vaccination program for COVID is that Mm. um, it's called SERVA, Shoulder Injury Related to Vaccine Administration. And it's um, uh, actually something where it's one of the rare vaccine complications that you can actually actually have a case uh, to get to sue and to get compensation. Uh, I think the government indemnifies Rather than the, you know, the, the whatever outfit that administers, you know, whether it's a pharmacy or a doctor's office who administers the vaccine, it's usually the result of uh, poor technique in putting the vaccine in or someone who has very little muscle for an intramuscular injection. So you, yes. you can't just skin pop for, for these injections. You got to go into the muscle. So they go a little bit deeper, but they should go a little lower in your shoulder, not right at the shoulder joint, because if they do, they can shoot this uh, rather caustic material uh, right into your bursa, which is the uh, sac 
that surrounds your joint. And then it goes directly into the synovial membrane. And that can cause a great deal of inflammation. It can cause, uh, you know, frozen shoulder. It can cause excruciating pain and loss of mobility. And, and bursitis? Uh, abs- it is a, absolutely the uh, accelerant. Like it's putting gasoline on bursitis. So, so yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking here. They even have a website, vaccineinjurylegalteam.com. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> Vaccine. they're, yeah, they're on it. They're on it. It's like one eight hundred sue the bastards. You know, uh, <laughs> you know they 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 uh, they're really on it. I mean, it's it's well, it's actually worse than uh, mild bursitis. It's called adhesive capsulitis, which means you know, which is which is, is which is a, which is a you know fancy word for frozen shoulder, and oh. uh, it. It's, it's been reported way prior to the uh, COVID vaccinations as, you know, consequence of even flu vaccinations, routine vaccinations. So, um, yeah, that's a thing. It's a thing. So, you know, uh, it argues for having a little more experienced personnel doing the vaccines because they're mobilizing a lot, a lot, a lot of people. And, you know, hopefully all the technicians are well schooled into where and where not to put the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Linda, we hope you feel better soon. But uh, anything that she could do in the meantime, you think taking like something like B6 might help her? B6 or even, you know, even the, the Zobria seems to help uh, with nerve uh, repair. Yeah. Uh, more so, I would say, in, in, in something like, uh, you know, in other forms of uh, nerve problems, not, you know, Physically Do you think alpha-lipoic acid, Dr. Hoffman? Yeah, I mean, those are helpful. That's more helpful for like a diabetic neuropathy. Uh, but, I see. Um, you know, but maybe. I mean, look, it's not going to hurt. These are it's the most things to take. And there would be no harm. Yeah. There would certainly be no harm. Well, yeah. Linda, we hope you feel better soon. Indeed. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, also, you know, maybe heat applications, you know, warm heat or something like that for help with circulation to begin uh, to restore blood flow to the nerve, that might be helpful. So anyway, okay. this is a good point at which to uh, flip to side two. Uh, so uh, we're going to have additional questions. Give us a preview of what we're going to talk about in part two. Huh. I've read about the health benefits of sauna, and I'm thinking about buying a home unit using infrared light. Are there any health concerns regarding infrared light? Good question. We'll take that up in part two. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Buden. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. Radio program at AOL.com gets your question to us. Stay tuned for part two.